What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Welcome to the train wreck, though maybe perhaps today it might be a little less train wrecky because Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, is unable to join us because he has like a new highfalutin job with the North American Mission Board and is out probably meeting with pastors or a DOM somewhere. So he couldn't join us. So we brought in the big guns, a mega church, Michael Kreiner himself and Dr. Darren Biles. And uh, so the listeners of our show know who Dr. Kreiner is no, he's not actually a mega church pastor. It's just what I like to say to him to, to just keep building him up and encouraging him. Uh, but Dr. Biles is one of the many professors at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and you may not know who he is. And so, Dr. Biles, say who you are and a little about your family and what you do at Seminary Hill. Well, Dr. Hensley, thank you for the invitation. I'm, I'm not sure, given the topic today, if I should be honored or offended that you invited me to talk about blunders in ministry. I don't know if you think I'm an authority on because I've had so many blunders, but uh, my name is Darren Biles, and I'm privileged to teach pastoral ministry and preaching here at Southwestern Seminary. I'm in year 16. Uh, I served as a pastor for 15 years and served on staff at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, so I just counted a great honor to be here with you guys. Thanks for the chance to, uh, to be with you. Yeah. Dr. Kreiner, you're another one of the uh, the doctors on the show today. Uh, tell us how you're doing. How's how's life? Uh, life is good. You know, thanks again, Matt, for letting me be a guest here. Uh, so glad Kyle was not available again. He's uh, he's running a streak of these, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful to be on here. Although, again, I'm I'm like Dr. Biles, a little bit offended because there are too many opportunities for me to share my blunders, and uh, so I'm a little offended that you would highlight that uh, for me to be on the on the show again today. Yeah. Well, we're glad both of you are here. And also we are, I, I believe, pretty excited about some of the news that is coming out of Texas uh, Baptist College and Southwestern Seminary heard a great report at the annual meeting from Dr. Greenway, really enjoyed the alumni uh, lunch. And while there, he did share about the news coming out of Texas Baptist College that this summer they have changed the name from Scarborough College and it is now Texas Baptist College. TBC exists to glorify God by providing trustworthy Christian higher education for more faithful kingdom service. Wherever God calls you, you can get the Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused education you need at Texas Baptist College. Visit texasbaptist.com to learn more and know that is not original to Dr. Matt Hensley that was sent to be my Jacqueline Parrish, Director of Marketing and Office of Communications. But we are grateful for our sponsorship from Southwestern to make that plug. But I did want to make that very clear. That is not original to me, but I am very grateful for Texas Baptist College. So Dr. Biles, you are an expert in preaching and pastoral 
ministries. Uh, that's what they pay you the big bucks to, to be there at Southwestern. Of course, you wouldn't claim that, but you do get to train young men like Dr. Kreiner and myself in the art that is pastoral ministries. Of course, pastoring is a lot more than preaching. Uh, and certainly we go out and we make visits. We do the hospital stuff. We do all of the budgeting and all of that good stuff. But a lion's share of our work is actually in the pulpit. Uh, or if it was Dr. Kreiner, a little pub table or whatever it might be there at Rock Hill. But we do get up there and preach a sermon. Sometimes when we do, bad things happen. And we're not talking about bad exegesis. You can help us with that as well. But sometimes we just get going, get fired up, and maybe we say something wrong, a word comes out the wrong way, we get tongue-tied, we get X, Y, and Z. And both of you know the story of this past week when I was in Dallas and preaching at the Dallas Baptist Association. I am going through the sermon, I've read the text, and, uh, and I'm looking down at my notes and about to make a point of each of the points that we had. And I look down and I see a different verse number. And in the moment, in the middle of my sermon with this room full of pastors all over Dallas, I just go, uh, for what felt like 30 seconds. Well, I'm trying to figure out why on earth did I not read the full text? And I go back trying to fix it on the fly. And I begin reading from verse 13 of this text. And it had absolutely nothing to do with my sermon and made it infinitely worse. And by this point, I am as red as Bob the tomato. I'm sweating through my suit. And, uh, and I'm feeling at that point just completely done and over with the sermon. I'm just trying to get to the conclusion as quick as we can so we can go and eat. And so, Dr. Biles, in your own life in ministry, uh, help us maybe feel better about ourselves to say that maybe you've had an experience like that or another kind of pulpit flub uh, to give us a little encouragement before we dive in. Well, I just love this topic because every one of us who have ever preached with any kind of uh, number of times has done this before. Whether you start the sermon and realize you did not prepare as well as you should have, and, and if you've had that moment where you get bored in your own sermon and you're kind of ready for yourself to finish preaching, maybe that's part of it. Maybe you just didn't bring your best stuff that Sunday, and, and you just feel like this, this is not hitting anybody. Maybe you don't feel well, or maybe stuff goes wrong. Uh, you, you misspeak. Uh, I remember one of the earliest sermons I preached. I was preaching a sermon about the grace of the Lord, and as an illustration of God's grace, I talked about Solomon. And I went on to say how Solomon was the result of an adulterous affair between David and Bathsheba. And I went on and waxed eloquent on how that demonstrated the grace of the Lord. And, and uh, I finished, and my dad, who was my pastor, uh, complimented me on my sermon and took me aside and, and explained the way more accurately to me. And, and I was a little bit shocked that not very many people caught that. So, so maybe uh, I, I wasn't the only one confused on the story. But we've all had those. One of, one of my favorites that happened to me happened in chapel at Southwestern Seminary. So if you ever get asked to speak in chapel, you're, you're feeling good about yourself. You're honored, a little bit nervous because it's not a normal setting and you feel like if I use any kind of Greek or Hebrew, I've got a seminary professor going to, you know, critique my sermon. So I'm, I'm 
I was preaching in chapel and I was, I was using my iPad, which probably should not have done. I had all my notes on my iPad and more notes than normal because I'm preaching in chapel. And uh, so on the stage next to me was the president of the seminary and I had my iPad and um, I guess I forgot to either charge my iPad or maybe I left it open. So my iPad's blank. So I preached in chapel. I preached in chapel without notes, not on purpose. But <laughs> I, you know, I was too dumb to figure it out. And so after the sermon, this gets better. So after the sermon, the president got up there and he sang nice things about my my sermon. He said, "Now, now you don't know what happened." He said, "Now, Doctor Biles demonstrated uh, for us what we want you to teach to do in your own preaching." Now he didn't do it on purpose, uh, but Doctor Biles preached without notes. And went on to tell the story about my iPad, but it got worse than that, because in the audience that day was Dr. Charles Kohler, the author of the book, How to Preach Without Notes. <laughs> so he's in chapel that day when I preach on notes by accident, without notes by accident. So Dr. Patterson somehow had a copy of that book and handed it to me. Uh. <laughs> and said, here, I want you to practice this. So, so we've all done that. And, and, uh, uh, I've had a I've had a number of fun experiences, some funny, some tragic, some weird, and and it's it becomes a struggle for all of us. How do I recover, and then bring the attention back to the focus yeah. on God's word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Doctor Cron, of course, is in a mega church, so he doesn't ever have these experiences. We know, uh, but Doctor Croner, maybe in your your lower days when you were, you know, young lad, uh, was there ever a time when you had one of those pulpit flubs? Well, yeah, it, it wasn't just a, uh, pulpit flub. It was a prayer flub. Have you ever flubbed during a prayer? Uh, so I was using an illustration. I was at a disciple. Now I was using an illustration the next night from, uh, a movie <clears throat> called, uh, Tommy, Tommy boy. I don't know if you've heard of this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing the movie. I'm not encouraging you to go out and watch it with your children. Good save. But it was a great illustration, okay? And I'm praying, and I'm, I'm praying, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, come and move. But instead of saying Holy Spirit, I don't, for whatever reason, I said, Holy Schnikes, come. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was over. The invitation was not going to work. I don't, it doesn't <laughs> matter what I'd said. I don't even know what I preached on. All the kids, the rest of the weekend, were saying, holy shnikes. <laughs> so that's uh, one of my flubs, a prayer flub. And I think we've all been there. And, you know, how do you recover from that? You just, you know, in, my, in, in that experience, I just had to own it. You know, I just had to say, man, yeah, I messed up. It was a mistake. And uh, you can't hide from that. There was, no, uh, <laughs> there was no tomb I could go into and have the stone rolled back. So. Well, I, I know we put this out on social media and had a number of great responses, and I'll probably put the uh, at least the tweet thread on there so you can read through because some are not appropriate for a family show <laughs> such as this. Uh, but I did like, uh, as someone with like 13-year-old humor, I like the one from a Philip Day who said, I tried to say fault finder, but it came out fart finder. Blew it off quickly. I, I don't know if he meant to, uh, you know, use, those use that. There, but blew yeah, it off yeah, quickly. Yeah. As if I said nothing unusual, but I still lost the natives. But Dr. Biles, you touched <laughs> on something that is, is is key, is we're all going to do it. So we know it's going to happen at some point, and it may very well happen this week. And it's easy for something like 
fart finder or holy schnikes or some of these <laughs> other ones that we've heard to then become kind of the main event of that Sunday. And sometimes, you know, that's, that's going to be unavoidable depending upon how bad that error might've been, but how can we kind of hit the pause button and come back to this really is a time of worship uh, where, you know, the worship isn't just the songs that we're singing. We're also worshiping as we are preaching the word. And so how can we bring our people back to maybe the main idea of our text or back to the sermon itself, back to that spirit of worship. What would you say to that? Well, let me first of all uh, distinguish between types of blunders, and then I want to mm -hmm. talk about some ways that we can recover. First of all, there are minor blunders that, that all of us face. Maybe it's a cell phone ringing at an inappropriate time in the sermon. Maybe babies are crying or there's a pesky fly you know, flying around your face during the sermon at bad times, and you're trying to swat the fly while you're preaching and look dignified. Those are minor things. And in most cases, I don't address minor disturbances or minor things like that. Even if there's a giggle factor going on in the worship center, I typically let those things go. Now, occasionally you'll face some major things where you may have a medical alert. I've had medical emergencies in the middle of a sermon. I've had a security alert where five of our safety team got up and escorted a gentleman out of the worship center during the sermon. Uh, sometimes there's, there's going to be a major thing that you have to stop. Uh, obviously in a medical emergency, we stop, have prayer, call 911, which we did. <laughs> and those are things you've got to address right then. But under normal circumstances, when you've got something, whether I did it or it happened, uh, how do I recover from that? I follow uh, my, my initial response is sort of a Nehemiah 2-4 response. You remember that occasion where Nehemiah is talking to the king, and Nehemiah says, while I was talking to the king, I was praying to the Lord. My very first reaction is, I need to get myself back in touch with the Lord. So I seek the Lord. So even in the middle of a crisis, I may be talking to you, but I'm talking to the Lord and I'm trying to get myself back in right perspective. I'm seeking the Lord for wisdom. And here's the thing. If you made a mistake, fix it. Uh, if it's funny, laugh about it. Laugh at yourself. Look, they already know you're human. Uh, but sometimes it's helpful for them to know that you know that you're human. Laugh at yourself and, 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 and move on. If it's an issue where I should have done better, I, I may need to repent. I may need to seek the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Uh, now, don't let the enemy weigh you down with guilt, but there may be times where I just need to turn back to the Lord and say, God, I, I should have done better. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I need to do better. Uh, I, I want to give myself grace where I need to. Um, their salvation doesn't depend on me, and my errors are not going to affect their salvation. Uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about this passage in Luke chapter 10, when, when Jesus sent out uh, the, the 70 by 2, and they came back so eager that, that you know, even the demons are subject to us. And Jesus says, you know, I, I saw Satan fall like lightning. But he said, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice your names are written in heaven. I, I want to get our focus back on kingdom things. And so maybe I need to recommit my life. Maybe I need to recommit my time, my work ethic. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, 
uh, there are some things I need to do very practically. I need to spend time preparing. Uh, one of the worst things, and we've all done it, you get to a passage like uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, where Nehemiah is reading scripture, and he's at the water gate, and then there are 13 Levites named, all with hard-to-pronounce names. And, and you maybe didn't read that text as carefully as you should have before you stood up, or maybe this is the first time you're reading this text. Okay, practice reading your text. Uh, work through those hard-to-pronounce names, and when you get up there in the pulpit, say them with confidence, because nobody else knows. Uh, so I, I want to do those things well. I want to go where I need to, but at the end of the day, I'm going to trust the Lord for the results. Uh, if the Holy Spirit can interpret my groans to the Father, he can make sense out of my mediocre sermons to his people. Yeah, that's good. So that, those are some things that, that help me that, that redirect myself and the attention back to the Lord. Yeah. And you, you touched on one that I, I learned that lesson, not really in a pulpit flub, but just one of those kind of, it was just a little awkward. Uh, we're going through Psalms in the, uh, the evening worship services and, and making our way just really kind of chapter by chapter, really. And, uh, and Kreiner knows this story. We came to, I believe it was Psalm 78, uh, which is like the longest one to this point. Well, when I'm doing sermon prep, I mean, usually it's a little bit this day, a little bit this day, you know, I'll get a lot of stuff done as I, as I go. And uh, this was a particular week where I had a lot of extra stuff on my plate. And so it was very disjointed in the study. And so I really only kind of knew the passage by, you know, four or five verses at a time. And I got up to start reading this thing. And I'm in our, our evening service, we don't stand up because everybody's is, is rather older a little bit older. And, uh, and so we don't normally do that. Otherwise we would have been standing for just about what made up about 50% of my sermon, because that thing is long. And I tried to save it in the moment because I realized kind of like you said, I needed to repent just in terms of, I hadn't taken the time just to see yeah. this as a cohesive section. And so it's kind of these little puzzles that I was putting together on Sunday night. Uh, but when, when I was preaching it, as I, as I went, kind of as you talked about, just as I'm focused on preaching to them, in my mind, I'm like, God, just help me continue to make sense out of this thing. And I'm going to ask you to please pick up the pieces because I'm like a fish out of water right here. <laughs> and, and so these different things, as I'm kind of walking through, could give a little bit of commentary as we went to sort of break up this giant swath of, of scripture. So it was one of those moments where, you know, Saturday evening or something like that, where I should have read through that whole thing to realize that, yeah, all of my preaching time is going to be reading through this text. And uh, so doc, Dr. Kreiner, we had another story that this may touch into some of the theological flubs that we have of a uh, young man. He's not so young now, but he was preaching one of his first sermons at 16 years old. And it was about King Saul's sin and subsequently being deposed as king. But, beloved, all was not lost. According to his lesson, Saul would find redemption on the road to Damascus and become Paul. So sometimes maybe we're new. We're not very new into preaching and so forth. And, and you know, we get something out. I think we had someone uh, talk about Jesus being uh, created or you yeah. know some of that kind of stuff that that we make those mistakes yeah it's probably not one where we just push through <laughs> and ignore yeah. that it happened how how would you address something like that dr Kreiner? then you can chime in dr biles yeah you know i 
I, I laugh, you know, this thread has been fun. It's been, uh, I think, relieving. I, I, I actually am thankful for mistakes uh, because it helps me remember the seriousness and the weight of preaching that there is. I think, you know, in anything that we do, maybe we, as we do it more often, we can become a little casual with it yeah. where, you know, early on we're diving in, we're reading a bunch of maybe commentaries, getting some advice from other pastors that have, have maybe preached that text or whatever, however you do that. But then as we keep going on, we'll get a little bit more isolated and just maybe get a little bit lazy. And I, I'm not accusing any of you on this, this being lazy, but I know for myself, there's just been sometimes, oh, I'm familiar with that text. I've, I've preached that before, or I've read that before and you move on. But mistakes help reorient me to go, wait, is this actually right? And, and so I think like the brother that shared about uh, King Saul uh, finding redemption on the road to Damascus, man, I love the idea of the application of redemption. It's just the span of too many thousands of years for that to happen. So, uh, you know, I think one of the things that does help and, and early on, this really helped me is to preach my sermon on Saturday at the church. Uh, I would go and it would be dark and I kind of, you know, I like that, but I would just go through the sermon out loud and it really did help it get into my heart, but also help me practice the words of my manuscript. You know, Southwestern, the crown jewel of, of all the seminaries uh, taught us to manuscript that helped me not make many verbal flubs as often. And so, but then when to practice it and memorize it, it helped get into my heart and, uh, uh, no doubt how to reorient that. I think, I think in those moments you go, that's a different song. And yeah. hopefully in the moment you can recognize it. But if you don't, I think there is a way to come back to your people uh, to come back on the Wednesday night or that Sunday night. If you have a Sunday night service to go, Hey, I, I just need to own something to you. I made this application theologically and it's just not right. And so thank you for showing grace to me. Thank you for helping me become a better pastor and, and I think the first Peter five, six of humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the right time. Uh, I, I casting all your anxieties upon him for he cares for you. Uh, I think it's in that moment where we go, uh, this is where I, I didn't humble myself, but I was humbled. So those are some things that I would I would suggest. Yeah, Dr. Biles. So I might have committed a slight heresy. What what do I do now? Uh, how, how do I respond either in the moment or after the fact as a uh, pastor of your your people. Well, that's that's really where where so many of us uh, live. You, you you've done something whether you you know accidentally or out of ignorance. You just committed something. Here's where I I recommit myself to the task, to the calling of God, the the magnitude of a call to preach the gospel, and so I I recommit myself to that task. I I love that passage. In Ezra chapter 7, it talks about Ezra, who studied the law of the Lord, he lived it, and then he taught it. And that's the order that needs to happen in my life. I, I, I should never presume to teach something that I haven't studied and lived in my own life. That's what Paul means by study to show myself approved. I, I want to be a good student of God's word. I want to be a good uh, steward of God's mm -hmm. word. It's really why we advocate text-driven preaching. I stay close to the word. I study the word. I learn the word in its context. And so I realize I'm preaching his word and not my words. So if I ever get lost, I get in trouble. I forget what I was about to say. Look, 
I, I just go back to read the text because I can never go wrong giving them God's words. Yeah. Uh, we've got a we've got a resource here at Southwestern Seminary called Preaching Source that uh, that I just want to recommend to anyone out there who's thinking about preaching through a text and at PreachingSource.com. We've got some resources available for preachers. There are illustrations, there are sermon outlines, there are structures. There's other tools that we've done uh, in preaching that that hopefully will be of help for you. We want to be any help that we can because this is an area where we all spend a lifetime of ministry preparing to do the very best we can to the glory of God. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, what what I like is you you talking about getting back to the scripture. Uh, when when I kind of go off a little bit and uh, and realize that I've gone too far into the weeds, I'm like. <laughs> Guys, just look back at this text real quick. It's like a <laughs> yeah. quick, it, it just brings me back from where I was. Who who knows where I was going with yeah. whatever train of thought. Uh, you know, if I leave my notes, that's that's like danger, 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 because I don't even know what's going to come out next. And so coming back, you know, look at this, you know, and, and so we all come back to to the text. And uh, and that's something I highlight with my folks often is y'all y'all need to listen to to this you know as yeah. as we're about to read you know we're in james right now uh the the inerrant infallible inspired sufficient authority all of those names that we want to give it the word of god everything else in the sermon is going to be what i'm kind of thinking about it and how i'm understanding it and illustrating it and applying it but the only thing that's truly of god this morning that you're going to hear straight from the horse's mouth or that's not I wouldn't say horse's mouth regarding God. See, there's another pulpit club. <laughs> Listen to this, you know, and, and so bringing them back to that as much as possible, because that, I think one of the great things of preaching in general is really teaching your people how to study their own Bible and mm -hmm. uh, make their way through scripture uh, together. Do you have any other thoughts along that, uh, along those lines? You know, I was, I was thinking uh, of some of the fun things that have happened uh, in, in times when I've been preaching, I've had a mouse run uh, right in front of the pulpit, which, which of course attracted everyone's attention. Uh, my wife had to take one of my kids out in the middle of my sermon and he grabbed the door as you know, my wife was taking him out and he was screaming, please don't spank me. I mean, all those fun things that happen in sermons and, and how do I get back to you know, recovering from that? Look, I, I want to do the very best job that I can, uh, and when those things happen, I, I, I want to, uh, as best I can, bring our attention back to to the to the Word of God. You get bonus points if you can do it with humor, uh, but as quickly as I can, I want to bring our attention back to God's Word and point them back to the truth and the application of God's God's text. Yeah, that's good. Reiner, what about you? Any any final thoughts? Look, I think just to just to remember, uh, you're gonna you're probably gonna make a mistake, and don't try to deny it. If it's and now we have video evidence of these things, you know, when Dr. Biles was preaching, they they didn't even record it on cassette tapes. <clears throat> hey, oh, is what we had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know even our media team has even sent me some stuff that I'll say, and I'm like, please don't post that. But it's funny, but the reality is just to own it just to say, yes, I did that. I made a mistake. 
and uh, want to get better. And, and I've, you know, we've all had those church members who will immediately call us out on that as they're shaking our hand, as they're walking out the door, uh, hoping to hear that was a great sermon pastor, but they go, Hey, by the way, what you said was completely erroneous. Um, And I think it's in those moments that you remember the grace of God. You remember your great need and dependence upon God. And you walk with a, with not with arrogance, but with humility. And I think that's really important us as, as preachers, because I think the temptation is often for preachers to get pretty arrogant. Uh, and I think for us to walk as humble servants of the word of the Lord uh, and the servants of the Lord, uh, mistakes help us do that. Uh, so those would be some of my last thoughts. Yeah. And I feel like are, are all three of us going to be preaching this weekend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you are. What, Dr. Biles, you preaching somewhere? I'm preaching this weekend, yes. Okay. I just feel like after this, like it's kind of like when you pray about having patience or whatever, that it's like the most trying week. This Sunday is going to be the toughest sermons any of us have ever preached because all of this is just going to be on our minds. Uh, but Dr. Biles, we're grateful for you. And uh, and just as a student of Southwestern, I know I can speak for for Dr. Kreiner. We're grateful uh, for the work you, you have done, are doing, and will do. Uh, there on Seminary Hill, and uh, and the rest of the preaching faculty. Uh, grateful for Preaching Source. That's been a great help for me. I actually have uh, scheduled a post from Dr. Osborne on preacher burnout, pastor burnout, uh, to the pastors conference website, and because uh, just a lot of great stuff there. And uh, uh, Halstead didn't ask me to write too often. I think I know why, uh, but uh, everything else there is really good. Uh, Dr. Kreiner, do you want to say adios? You want to do better this time? Yeah. 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 May your, may your coffee be as black as night and your, that's all I got. Oh, so (laughs) close. May your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare. (laughs) declare. Have a great day. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?